Thank you for listening to the show. I hope it inspires you and expands your view of what's possible in your journey of wealth creation. My hope is that through repeated exposure to the ideas and the guests you will find here, your view of finance will change for the better. With that said, there's an important caveat that must be stated. The opinions you will hear on this show are just that, opinions. Please don't misconstrue any of what you're about to hear as legitimate financial advice. Do your own research and don't take anything at face value. Understand that everything you hear on this show is someone else's experience that may or may not work for you. I don't know you, I don't know your situation, so I can't tell you what to do. But I can tell you that the one goal of this podcast is to make you richer, wealthier, and and ultimately more fulfilled as a human. I'm glad you're here. Please rate it, review it, share it with the people in your world that matter. And without further ado, enjoy the show. What is up, Joe? How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. We're uh, we're going to have to do this without Taylor today, huh? We are. We are. Yeah, you had to take a sales meeting today. But, you know, we usually have pretty good flow, man. We, we could do this. We could do this. Usually yeah, we, we talk about, you know, Tesla stuff, some crypto stuff. There's a lot of exciting things happening. So he's he's missing out this week. He's definitely missing he out. He is. He is. I hope I hope that uh sales meeting goes well, Taylor. Um well cool, man. Let's let's jump right in. There was a few things that uh were top of mind for me. Perhaps the most uh shocking one, we can kind of start in the crypto world. Uh bazillionaire investor Peter Thiel says that Warren Buffett and Jamie Dimons are enemies of Bitcoin. Did you see Uh-oh. that? What's your take on that? I have not seen that, but it doesn't surprise me. I know that Jamie Dimon said a couple of years ago on stage that he wasn't a big fan, big fan of Bitcoin and they have their JPM coin, you know, which is like one to one with the dollar. So, you know, I think they're going to try to, you know, wiggle their way into the central bank digital currency world. But um, yeah, I didn't hear about the Warren Buffett one though. Did he say why they're enemies? Um, well, he feels like uh, my word is not his. He feels like they're they're part of this like finance. What did he call it? like gerontocracy that's held back crypto's adoption? And he actually believes that Bitcoin could have a market cap that matches the twelve trillion dollar gold market and even the one hundred fifteen trillion dollar public equity market. But he believes that, you know, at the top, there is a cabal of people holding back the adoption of Bitcoin and other, uh, other like top cryptocurrencies. So fascinating wow. and bold claim from uh, Peter Thiel, who is maybe one of the smartest humans that's ever been created. Um, so oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I don't know what to make of like this Miami Bitcoin uh, conference I've been a few times in the past, and it like I, I don't know if like it's smart people saying smart stuff or if it's like people that have a, a position that are going there to shill it by saying things like that to make sure that probably you know, a little bit of both. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so take that with a grain of salt, but fascinating uh, nonetheless. So yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll... Most people don't know, you know, Peter Thiel co-founded PayPal with uh, with Elon Musk. So I mean, his and that was nineteen ninety nine. Right. So it's like his you know, roots are really deep when it comes to cryptocurrency and just the entire financial market. So anything that he says, man, I'm I'm totally on board with. Yeah, he's uh, one of the infamous PayPal mafia of all, all of the massively successful founders and early employees of PayPal that have gone on to build everything everywhere from a tech perspective and have just had, you know, outsized geometric success in their in their career. So very, uh, very sharp guy. Um, so, so what else is going on in crypto? Let's, let's talk about the uh, the recent announcements uh, with the with the Biden administration re- regulation and so on and so forth. 
Yeah, yeah, I did want to touch on one more thing of the Bitcoin Miami. I, I think it's really interesting that they had that bull statue that got released. Do you see that thing get revealed? Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> that thing is wild, man. It looks so cool. I want to hate it because I'm like, you know, Wall Street, you know, they're kind of just copying, you know, because they do a little bit of something more unique, but it makes sense, right? The bull and everything. But um, yeah, that thing is badass. I That thing is awesome. Yeah. Um. But yeah, as far as, um, you know, Janet Yellen had a, had a speech yesterday that she spoke at some college, some small college. It's always a small college that the, you know, execs speak at, but, um, for sure. She brought up a little bit of Biden's executive order and, uh, she kind of went into, you know, the know your customer and anti money laundering compliant laws that's in that, the KYC and AML. Um, and so they're really, she didn't, you know, they're always so vague with how they bring this stuff up, right? They never go into nitty gritty details, but she said that they're looking into regulating crypto towards uh, a more inclusive financial environment where it's, you know, they actually, um, they need to be KYC and AML compliant. And the industry just doesn't have that right now. On our last market recap, we talked about, um, you know, uh, Frosty's, one of the NFTs that got shut down by the Department of Justice because they weren't, you know, they were doing money laundering and wire fraud. So I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out over the next couple of weeks, which I, I think the industry needs, right? We need to get out the bad players. We need that regulation, that regulatory clarity. So a um, couple more things she talked about was FedNow 2023. Uh, it looks like the you know digital dollar is going to be created. They say it's going to take two to five years, but you know when it comes to Russia and China moving forward on their central bank digital currencies, they're kind of creating a little you know financial um, good old boys club between them two. So I think that the dollar is going to be really close behind. You know, Q1 2023, I could see us easily integrating a, a you know dollar um, central bank digital currency. So uh, Fed now is going to release in 2023, which is uh, instant payment service, uh, 24 seven, you know, 365 around the clock. So I think that's really cool. Um, she talked about that, but yeah, lots of interesting stuff. You could find it on, um, on the U S treasury's website. They gave an entire transcript of it, or you can just see the YouTube video of it. Really interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is super interesting, man. I think what maybe people don't see inside of this is that we're moving into this new reality that is driven by a ridiculous amount of technological change. And what I hear when you say all that, and when I read the transcript and kind of went through that, it was like, we are very quickly moving towards a cashless society. You know, a non-trivial amount of our transactions are on credit card today already. So we're sort of cashless in many respects. But fiat is on its last legs, man. It's, it's dying. And um, it's a fascinating thing to watch from a regulatory perspective. Um, you know, for the adoption of the many, many, many use cases that I think... Uh, Bitcoin and decentralized technologies represent. It's, it's a requirement. Uh, I continue to be in the position where I believe that the decentralized world needs to come up with its own inherent checks and balances for so-called bad actors um, that is independent of uh, sovereign nations regulating things. Because when sovereign nations start regulating things, they start looking exactly like they've always looked. Uh, which is, you know, they have to go through the barriers of government and centralization. And, you know, and, and at a very basic level, governments are uh, fallible and influenceable. And who's to say that some uh, leader doesn't wake up one day and decide that uh, something arbitrarily is bad and shouldn't be in the system and then tries to exercise it uh, for political gain. So there's a lot of um, 
There's a lot I like about regulation because it perpetuates the adoption of cryptocurrency and decentralized technology. Uh, but I only like it because I believe that fundamentally entrepreneurs and technologists are going to figure out a way to regulate ourselves against bad actors. And, and we can decide what's bad. And then you can vote with your participation in those currencies as to whether you agree on quote unquote, what is bad and good, if you will. Um, and, and I think that's where we're going. And it's fun to watch it unfold. And at a very basic level, as long as this regulation brings in a substantial amount more of institutional participation in Bitcoin and Ethereum, uh, I'll be a very happy human being. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think, you know, society is kind of lagged with their, you know, in, in a general sense, they're lagged in the understanding of, of how things are going, right? What you just described is capitalism. That's natural capitalism. We should be able to decide the natural winners and losers. But I feel like when governments try to regulate things, that's a socialistic society. It's just whatever they say goes. You know, it's not like we have a, a really immutable voting system, which is kind of what blockchain brings. You can put voting on blockchain. It's kind of immutable. You can vote for certain things and your likes and dislikes and natural innovation comes up and the good actors win and the bad actors lose. So yeah, I think that um, that's definitely needed when it comes to, um, you, you can't have that innovation without regulatory clarity. And so whatever they choose to do, um, you know, in the, in the short term, I think that, you know, whether it's good or bad for Bitcoin, they, you know, they're kind of cutting at the um, environmental co like costs that Bitcoin has. And I'll come to talk about that in a little bit. But, um, you know, whether it's bad for Bitcoin, that means a short term bad for the entire market. I think that that's going to be good for the long term because, you know, that's going to create clarity for institutions and the bigger players, other governmental agencies to start building on top of that with that regulatory clarity. So right now, no yeah. one's doing anything because there's yeah. no level playing field yet. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, let's go. Bring in the money. Bring in the regulation. Bring in the money. I'm 100%, happy. 100%. As long as there's an avenue for uh, us to do our own thing as independent uh technologists independent of sovereign nations, then I'm, I'm, I'm super supportive of it. On that note, when it comes to regulation, though, uh, this is why uh, sovereign nations are slow and big government sucks is because we always end up regulating the wrong things. Like, I think we need to regulate currency and play this game with the digital currency to keep up with uh, kind of keep the national power of the United States and the dollar and blah, blah, blah. But honestly, I feel like we should be paying way, way more attention to regulating artificial intelligence. There is basically no framework and no government people talking about uh, any regulatory bodies around AI because AI is, is uh, and, and, you know, like computing power as it continues to get crazy. Dude, we're going into a whole nother stratosphere where if we don't get ahead of that thing now and start putting some, at least some principles around how we should be thinking about AI, it's going to get ugly, 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 ugly. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm curious your, your opinion. What, what would be like your idea to regulate artificial intelligence? Well, I think, um, well, I'm, I'm now the CIO or CEO of an AI company. So um, I, I've been putting a lot more thought into this space, but I, I, I don't have any answers. There's a lot of tough decisions that need to be made there, but there needs to be discussions around um, the implications of AI and national security, the implications of access to consumer data and what people are using that for, um, the implications of, uh, of how, um, how businesses are able to use AI in the marketplace, right? 
Um, and I, and I, I think that there just needs to be guardrails in some capacity, not necessarily, hey, don't do that. Just guardrails, like consequences, you know, like if you want to go that direction, then there might be a different, there might be a heavier attack. So there might be some other hurdle you have to jump through to slow you down. Um, because we don't want you to invest in AI technology that might perpetuate danger or whatever, um, of which there are many, many scenarios. So um, yeah, I'm not big on regulation. And you'll probably never hear me talk about being a proponent of regulating much. But you know, things that have the uh, potential to destroy humanity. Uh, yeah, let's regulate that. Let's have an intelligent 100%. sort of multi-country discussion about a productive framework and generalized principles that we can put in place. It's the same, like, we have insane amounts of regulation and nobody's like, hey, let's, let's take the regulation down on making uh, medical devices and, and uh, drug approvals. I mean, maybe the medical device manufacturers and the drug makers are, but everyone else is like, no, man, let's regulate that thoroughly. I want to make sure that I'm safe and we're in a good place. But like, I don't think people even understand that that same level of danger times several orders of magnitude exist in AI for good and for bad. So we should at least be putting some attention on it and having some conversations about it. Um, because, you know, capitalism is incredible. It's also not necessarily incredible at um, checking itself early. <laughs> it's kind of a checking itself is always a consequence of whoops, that didn't work out so well. <laughs> right. And the market's usually the one that does it. Yeah, so that's why we need this is one of those 1% scenarios where we actually need this is where governments actually work and make sense and can be uniquely valuable is to go to these situations and, and, and start to stimulate discussion around appropriate regulation. Um, but we're not even having that discussion. I, I can't find that anywhere in the news anywhere. And um, yeah, I think that's where we should be talking about regulation, not just crypto. Yeah. But that. Yeah, they, they need to hire, you know, younger people who understand, you know, technology. They, that's the reason why these things take so long. They don't have any experts in the tech field, you know, and even yeah. if it's just advisors on the board or thinking something like that, like, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg or whatever coming in for a couple board meetings, I think that would be really important um, to, you know, the innovation of this, of this world, you know, cause I agree, you know, that could be an existential threat. You know, you saw Facebook have their two AI bots. Uh, I think this was like a couple years ago, they set up an AI bot that was having a conversation with itself. You know, and it's like, it was, it was mostly just gibberish, right? But it's like, it, it raised a lot of questions. It was like, well, like, what kind of language is this? We don't understand this language, but all of a sudden they're, they're talking language. Is it a bug or is it then, right. you know, actually AI being able to communicate with each other? And people don't really think about that. It's actual artificial intelligence and it could, you know, live in parallel with society. You know, you see that Sophia bot from Hansen Robotics just got yeah. a, a citizenship in 2018 or something like that in Saudi yeah. Arabia. So now an artificial yep. intelligence robot, you know, and she's impressive. I mean, she, she can hold a conversation and, um, you know, give her own uh, feedback and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it is really interesting. Obviously, it's all programmed, but she's learning, you know, it's, it's yeah. building on top of itself. And then you, you integrate, you know, artificial intelligence with blockchain, where you can have decentralized artificial intelligence or anyone can yeah. build on top of your artif artificial intelligence node, like AGIX or FET. Um, you know, I think that that's going to be really interesting to see, like, that just amplifies the entire market. If someone can build oh. on top of artificial intelligence, it's already there. And then that artificial yeah. intelligence is learning on top of their artificial intelligence. It's just a, a constant loop um, that's just going to keep going on forever. So, yeah, I, I agree. We need to get ahead of the train and pop on it early for sure.
Yeah, my, my business partner likes to joke that smart contracts aren't particularly smart. You know, the, in terms of the computations that they're actually, you know, what they're actually doing. Uh, and I think the day we get AI introduced into smart contracts, it gets real fun. Um, but anyway, speaking of robots, uh, so Elon says that the Tesla robot uh, could be coming as soon as next year. Did you catch that? I, I, I've heard a little bit of it, but I'm, I'm curious to hear what you read. Yeah, he, he basically, um, well, I watched the, uh, his live like rave that they did here in Austin or whatever, and I watched his speech. It was, it was hilarious, but um, for a lot of reasons that probably weren't intended to be, make it hilarious. But, uh, you know, he said something like, hey, uh, the vision of this robot is that every manual thing that a human doesn't want to do, it will be able to do, um, which was like, okay. You know, and, and then as well as, you know, um, they, they have the full self-drive that's been in beta for a while now and that'll continue to propagate. So um, when a guy like Elon gets really interested in that space and he already has a horde of the world's top AI and machine learning minds working on AI for the self-driving car, um, that gets super interesting. And, it, and I don't think it's like a PR ploy. I think it's like a real thing that he wants to do. And it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool, man. So, uh, but... Yeah. Also inside of that, a um, bunch of things that were interesting coming off of that uh, speech that he gave, you know, they're effectively launching the Gigafactory uh, here in Austin. By the way, did you know that thing is 2,100 acres? I mean, it's just oh a gosh. massive wow. atrocity of, of a building. And um, so some of the things that they announced I thought are worth talking about since we love talking about Elon and Tesla is, um, so apparently Cybertruck is for sure coming next year. Uh, the Roadster for sure coming next year. Semi for sure coming next year. Um, yes, that that all is pretty. Uh, that's pretty exciting. And he said this year is about scale, massive scale, and being able to have um, giant factories like the Gigafactory and what they have in Berlin and Shanghai and a couple in the United States, where um, it's all about scaling and getting production out. And he showed that uh, that, that this was like it was the first year, uh, year over year, they did a, they produced a million vehicles. But that's only like 1% of total vehicle production. And he said he has a vision of one to get it to like 20% of total vehicle production. So, wow. you know, he, he's not screwing around. And that, that, he seems like he's on the right, Tesla's on the right track to do that. Also, he said next year is about just a plethora of new products coming up. But this year, it's all about scale. So building up the infrastructure and then coming out with all the new stuff. So... Yeah, a lot of yeah. stuff going on in, uh, in, in Tesla land. Pretty fascinating. 100%. Real, real quick question. Just get your opinion. Are you a Roadster guy or a Cybertruck guy? Ooh. <laughs> I am the kind of guy that's wired my brain to say anytime someone provides me an or option, I'm almost always going to say and. So uh, <laughs> I, could be, I could be both. Right? I'm, I'm, in, I'm a Texan, but I love going fast. Um, it's funny, we're getting solar on the house that we just bought here. And, um, my brother-in-law is like, Hey, uh, the cyber truck apparently has, if you power it up, it can like become like a, a battery for your house for like a day or something. I was like, hmm, wow. okay. Um, yeah, I, I think first interest would probably be the truck because, uh, I, uh, I just have my second kid and we're kind of in family zone right now. So getting all the camp in that thing would be pretty rad. Um, yes. pretty hard to fit the family in the roadster, but dude. Come on, a roadster. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. I, I, would, I would definitely like borrow one and put it, like drive it hard and see if I loved it. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, it just also feels like the roadster is like, it's so cool, but it's kind of like why I don't like riding motorcycles. It's, it's like, it's like incredibly joyful, but like the risk 
reward ratio is skewed now that I've like got a family, you know? So for me personally, <laughs> that's kind of how I think, think about, about the risk. But I'd love to just, I'd love to probably have both, you know, like if I could wave the magic oh, yeah. wand, you know, and, and not worry about the opportunity cost of, of that money growing in some other asset, I would I'd just get both. I'm wondering how they're going to fix the G's issue on that. You know, I, I can't remember the zero yeah. to 60 exactly, but I mean, it's like they literally can't legally, you know, release that because you could pass out in the car from accelerating. Yeah. It's epic. It's, it's I think that's amazing. It's a good like problem a jet. to have. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a good, it definitely is a good problem to have. Well, I'm excited to be like comes flying out. cars and breaking the sound barrier and all the things. So yeah, pretty, pretty oh, fascinating. Man. Soon enough, soon enough. Well, hey, uh, I just want to do kind of transition a little bit into um, Russia potentially accepting Bitcoin for oil. Did you see that? Yep. What, what do you think about that? Uh, natural reaction, you know. Um, when you sanction people, in the world where we have decentralized currencies that are not attached to sovereign governments, I mean, and they're already propagated globally, like, of course, why wouldn't you do that? There's no, there's yeah. no one in the Bitcoin world that's like, no, you're bad, Russia. There's no one deciding right and wrong over there, you know, good and bad. It's, it's, it's independent of politics. And um, but regardless of what you think about that, that is the nature of truly immutable decentralized technology. You know, it's in the hands of the people. So, um, it's, you know, yeah. if there's market to be made and people want to do it on Bitcoin and they want to accept Bitcoin for whatever, then it's going to happen. I don't, I don't, I think that, um, I'm not saying that anything we're doing with Russia and sanctions is maybe shouldn't be done. I'm just not my place to make that right or wrong. Um, but it is, I think that the implications and the repercussions, uh, the ripple effect downstream to the impact of the U S dollar, uh, energy in Europe, I think we're playing with fire. Like no one's played the three-dimensional chess in their brains yet on this, uh, that, that to see what's happening and what's coming. So um, I think it's inevitable. And I think that it, it could potentially represent a significant blow to the US dollar over the long run if people stop trading oil and dollars and the US dollar gets its teeth kicked in. So yeah, those are my two thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you know, McDonald's and Walmart just started accepting Bitcoin. It was like, you know, two days ago or yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, that's interesting. The, the innovation is definitely coming for Bitcoin, not just being a store of value, but an actual payments tool. And not a lot of people know that Lightning Network is coming because Bitcoin doesn't have a company like Ethereum does. It doesn't really have a foundation. Um, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, there, no one's really marketing the Lightning Network, but that's going to be extremely efficient. So I think the long term for Bitcoin is, is still definitely you know, here, but yeah, it's interesting that they're accepting Bitcoin for oil. You know, they're doing a lot of moves with their central bank digital currency. They've been progressing that, especially since the war started. Um, and, you know, their, the invasion started. Uh, and, you know, they're accepting ruble only uh, for their oil now, which I think is interesting. They, they, you know, put quote unquote unfriendly countries. And I'm like, yeah. you know, what a, what a, you know, swipe at us. But, um, Biden, you know, responded with releasing 1 million barrels of oil a day. And that's historic. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge. So, you know, I, I think we're going to be fine in, in the short term, but, um, yeah, it's just interesting the moves that they're making. And another thing with the ruble is that they just, uh, ex, uh, did a fixed exchange rate. So they basically went back to the gold standard, uh, yeah. 5,000 rubles for one gram of gold, which I think is so interesting. You know, is the gold standard coming back? Um, how are they going to do with it? A lot of people are saying it will last over there. Uh, but just, you know, they're definitely making moves with, with their currency and central bank digital currency. And, um, 
yeah, there, there's got to be a hybrid system coming where crypto lives in parallel with central bank digital currencies. The dollar may not remain the world's reserve currency. Um, yeah. And I, I think that, you know, there's going to be a system where they can all live in unison together. And, you yeah. know, instead of everything being fixed against the dollar, it's kind of all backed by gold and there's variable exchange rates. So there's not as much arbitrage. Yeah. Well, I think verifying that each of those currencies is backed by the actual gold is pretty challenging. Like who's the, who's the independent third party that's going around and, you know, making sure that it exists. Like that's why this doesn't scale, man. It doesn't scale. Yeah. You know, it's like, we, you know, it's like I, I can walk into the city. You know, I live like 30 minutes from this. I could walk, I could walk there, but you know, I'd rather just drive my car. It's a lot better. It's a lot more efficient, you know, like, yeah. cool. We could go back to the gold standard, but why? Like who's, who's, where's their Fort Knox and where they have like a camera there and how do we know it's not like a edited or manipulated? So I don't know. I, I think it's, I think it is super interesting. I also think it is a, you know, I guess if we want to have like those like Flintstones cars where it's like our feet running underneath, like that's a thing. Like my son has one of those, does it in the backyard. <laughs> like, dude, like <laughs> it just doesn't seem viable to me. It just like as a technology guy, it just seems like steps backwards. Um, but for them, hey, like if that's what they got to do to to survive or gain confidence so their society doesn't collapse and implode on itself, then cool, you know. I, but anyway, I I, I do think it's fascinating, but I don't think it's going to scale. I don't think it'll last. I, it's much more interesting to see them go the direction of Bitcoin and their own decentralized currency. Um, so yeah, we'll see, yeah. man. It's really, yeah. really interesting to see how this situation is propagating digital currency right now. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, the whole world is going towards faster, cheaper, more efficient payments. You know, we, we talked about recently on, on these uh, market recaps that Swift is is slow. You know, it yeah. takes three to five business days to settle. And, um, you know, it's like 10% fees. So when you're talking remittances, you know, I think there's like 50 million um, Americans in the U.S. who send remittances overseas. And so, um, you know, those average about 200 to $300. And so for them, that's 20 to 30 bucks that, that they're sending for that. And that's a lot for small families. And so, um, you know, the Swift system, I think, needs to be revamped. And have you heard of Ripple XRP? Oh, of course. Yeah. Ripple yeah, was a yeah, lot I bet. Like five or six years ago, but it just persists. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, I, I think it's, I think it's a future of finance, man. You know, yeah. Ripple partner Volanti uh, is integrated with FedNow. They came out with that in 2021. They released that PR. And Swift is integrated with R3 Corda, which uses XRP to settle. And so, yeah. you know, XRP, if, if, you know, the audience doesn't know, it settles in three to five seconds. Its fee is like 0.0001 XRP per transaction. So it's minimal, um, even if the price of XRP goes up like crazy. Um, you know, and it's extremely efficient um, as, as a blockchain. Uh, you know, it's pre-mined, so there's there's no climate um, you know issues with it. And I think it's um, I can't even read the number. It's like ten thousand point zero 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 one kilowatts per transaction versus Bitcoin, which is one hundred and eighteen kilowatts per transaction. And yeah. so, um, you know, like I said, the Lightning Network can solve a lot of that for the Bitcoin network. But um, I think there's a huge, huge play with Ripple here soon and XRP to see what they do over the next, you know, couple of months, especially with Janet Yellen talking about all this stuff. And, you know, um, Bretton Woods is has their annual meeting on uh, April 19th to 22nd, the Bretton Woods Committee. And they just released on, on their website that 
um, they're looking to see how crypto assets and digital payments present new opportunities and challenges. So the fact that they are talking about crypto and Bretton Woods, you know, Bretton Woods yeah, is the 1944 dude. agreement where the dollar became the world reserve currency. And, um, you know, they talk about climate change and their climate change is at the forefront of existential threat. And, you know, I'll end the point off here, but cash or euros uh, is about 0.08 kilowatts per transaction. So if you compare that with, um, you know, crypto and per uh, printed banknote. So if you compare that with crypto and, and just, you know, the coming revolution, there's definitely got to be a new protocol, a new global financial system that's that's being built. So I think we're going to see some interesting stuff later this month in the Bretton Woods Committee meeting. Yeah, man, I, I agree. Um, above all, it's exciting. Five or six years ago would have been wet dream for us to have this discussion, have this high level of attention on this space. And um, yeah, the like, most exciting part about it for me is it's just the beginning. We're like at the, we're at the ground floor. Imagine being in 1920 and all the things that were happening in the stock market and the world and technology and automobiles taking over the United States. Like We're having similar breakthroughs on a much larger scale. And to me, it just looks like massive amounts of opportunity. Um, you could get in, buy just about anything and hold and probably do good. You know, like yeah. there are very few times in our lives and, you know, kind of a season of investment and innovation where, uh, and it's decentralized where anybody can participate, really. It's pretty exciting, man. So all of this is good uh, progress forward. And I think like the fact that we care about sustainability and the kilowatt out per hour or per transaction or whatever, the fact that that's even being talked about at, at broad scale is important and exciting because that means we'll just solve it and then that won't be a discussion anymore and we can get back to like, you know, life, you know, get back to like, for example, like how we settle things on the back. Nobody cares about that. Like we, like we care about it because we're like in the sauce. I mean, you know, but like the average <laughs> human doesn't care about that. Like yeah. we need to unlock the possibilities of what, centralized technology and currencies can do. I mean, think about it, like Africa is going to be blowing up over the next 20 years and people have access to cash and banks. And imagine what that's going to do to blow that whole continent up, you know, like forget about 100%. the details. The details are important and they should be celebrated right now. I just think, man, we're in one of the, the most exciting times for innovation and finance that, you know, a lot of people can make a lot of money and help a lot of people at scale, you know, without being special or coming from an Ivy League school or having a particular pedigree. You just have to care, have access to the internet and be able to participate. And you can come a in and make Amen to that. A amen, dude. Amen. You know, yeah, emerging markets. Yeah, once there's a level playing field and all, and yeah, they can actually compete globally and the globalization is integrated. I I, uh, I agree, man. I think it's going to be really, really exciting to see how blockchain, I mean, all the stuff we talked about, right? Blockchain, Web3, artificial intelligence, electricity, quantum computing. I mean, these are all evolutionary inventions that are just on, on the tip of the iceberg of how they're going to play out over the next you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Um, so it'll be it'll be really, really exciting, man. But dude, it was a pleasure to, to have this with you. Um, always. Yeah, man, it, was, it was really fun going back and forth. I, I think we always have really great stuff to talk about so um until next time bro yeah man catch you on the next one take care see you